0: Welcome to 316 Unleashed Podcast. This is season two of the podcast devoted to going in depth into the Bible with your host, Tim Welch. Let's get started. Today, I want to talk to you about uh, Matthew chapter five, Matthew chapter five, and so we're going to go through just 10 verses um, because Matthew chapter five has so many so much detail, so much that we can get from it. Um it has the, the beatitudes and you know, that's where we get that from and then he talks about being a candle and um I think that's in verse fifteen. And it's just uh so much that Jesus talks about and actually the Sermon on the Mount goes all the way to ver um the the chapter six. And so it's just um, a lot that he, he's giving here. So we want to kind of break it down a little bit. Um, and so uh, I'm up here sitting in my truck. Uh, and I'm doing the podcast from a truck because I'm waiting on my daughter to get out of gymnastics. So um, I don't want to hold you too long. And so we want, we want to start with verse 1. And, and I'm just going to read and, and kind of... Talk to you for a minute so I want to thank you again for tuning in so chapter five says and seeing the multitude he went up into the mountain and he uh, went and when he was set <laughs> excuse me his disciples came into him and so Jesus was already walking and the multitude just followed wherever Jesus went there was always always always. A crowd, and so he was always somebody that uh, the people wanted to be around, um, because there was so much knowledge. How many of you know that Jesus has so much knowledge? He has so much to offer, so much to uh, to give. And besides the the signs and the besides the, the blessings and healings, so he opened verse two. He opened. His mouth and taught them, saying, "Let me just pause right there and say that the the author is making sure that we know that he opened up his mouth and he taught them, so it was nobody else that taught them. Jesus was talking, and we get to read and and we get to study the words of Christ. I mean it just blows me away." That the one, because the Bible says everything was made for him, by him, and through him, and so um, we were we're talking about the same one that opened up his mouth, and he created all the things of the world because God was made flesh, and so when God uh, opened up his mouth and he, he created the universe, he created all this, and then. He sent his only son, and his only son was called the Word. And so, because the Word was made flesh according to John 1. And so we get to hear and read the words that he speaks. It's just so powerful. And so uh, he he talks about again the blessings, the blessed and you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, and he talks about this. But there's a background story that we have to kind of grasp. The word blessed in Greek, uh, and forgive me, uh, hooked on phonics, did not teach me how to speak Greek. So please forgive me if I butcher it. But Marchios, Markios is how I see it to be pronounced. But it was an island off of Greece. It was called the Blessed Island because it was self-contained. The residents didn't need uh, to leave this island because all their needs were met on this island. The natural resources from this island was so rich that it had everything to enjoy life. So when Jesus was teaching about the Beatitudes, the people and the disciples already would have referred back to this island. They knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. So being blessed... Is not monetary. Being blessed with so much more is having everything met for you. And so, and again, they refer back to this island. And so, here we are in verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for th- uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The Greek word for poor in spirit is used to describe a beggar in biblical times. They were... Uh, they were so in fish, uh, in a, insufficient. I got to get the words out. Sorry, insufficient um, to themselves to take care of themselves, and so they would be out of the out in the streets begging. Blessed is the person who recognized their own inadequacies. They recognize I cannot do this without you, God. We see in John fifteen, Jesus says, "Without me." You can do nothing. So you and I have to realize. That with God. We we cannot accomplish. What God has for us to do. And receive the blessings that he has in store for us. Without first acknowledging. That we need God for everything we are doing. So in uh, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn. For they shall be comforted. Now, mourning here, uh, there's so many times I've heard this preached, that blessed are those who have a broken heart. And that sounds really good. But, you know, it doesn't mean like my dog broke his leg, or my dog died yesterday, and my heart's broken. You know, that kind of mourning. Mourning uh, means to be saddened, but what saddens God? So, what will make God sad? So, the, uh, so that might be the question that we might be asking ourselves: What make God sad? And the answer is sin and its consequences. See, remember when Jesus, when God was in the garden and He created all of this, He actually said. You know, he he walked in the garden, sorry. The Bible says that he walked in the cool of the day with Adam. And so, uh, he he actually hates sin. It breaks his heart because of its consequences. Because its consequences are separation from God. So, as a matter of fact, Jesus looked over in Jerusalem and he was saddened and he was uh, in a mournful state. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft, how often would I have gathered you up like a hen who gathers her little ones, but you wouldn't let me. See, the word that is used for comfort is the same words that we use to describe to help. Jesus says, for they shall be comforted when you and I develop as a Christ-like person we have to be give, uh, to be give God all of our heart and our emotions, and we shall develop God's heart. And all of our sins and its consequences should cause us to mourn, be sorry for the sins that we commit, and in return, God will help us. He will comfort us. He will come in, and that's why David said in the words in the Psalms created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And so David was actually saddened. and He was hurt because of the sin. So he asked God, just start my heart back over, created me a clean heart because my heart is evil. Um, David was also the same one that says that in my uh, mother's womb, did I have iniquity? And so sin Sin just saddens God, and so we're gonna to go to the the next one. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. See, there there is a saying that I've heard plenty of times, and I agree with it. Meekness in the Bible does not mean weakness. See, a lot of people will see a meek person, and they will they would uh, describe that person as being weak, and Describe that person as somebody who is just, you know, no good. I mean, this person cannot stand up for itself. But meekness does not mean weakness. Meekness is what was used to mean patience or submissiveness. Uh, is the definition when you try to br- uh, it's, it's like when you try to break a horse and a horse doesn't want the rider to be on him, so they buck and they kick. You know. There, there was a time where I was when I was with the Boy Scouts, we actually had to go to a um, a ranch, and I got on the horse for the first time. I'd never been on a horse before, and they told me they said, um, kick the horse a little bit and he'll he'll go. Well, I, I kind of I didn't want to hurt the thing. I thought that, you know, you kick you kick anything it's going to hurt, and so. I kind of moved my foot a little bit and they said no 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 kick the horse so so I actually kicked the horse you know in my heels and that horse oh my goodness it it ran as fast as it could in the woods I had tree limbs in my face I had I mean it it threw me off and so I, I know a little bit how it feels to be kicked off of a horse. And to well not be kicked off, but be taken off by a tree limb. But um, if, if the rider um, gets off this horse after the horse kicks and it bucks, the rider has to get back on. So what is the rider trying to do? The rider is trying to break the horse of its will or of its strength. So when the rider uh, that way, when the rider finally accomplishes this, he says, "Whoa!" And the horse stops. Or he'll uh, get on it and says, Giddy up! And the horse goes. That doesn't mean that this horse is weak. He still, This horse still has all the strength and all the power as it did before. It just means that this horse is submissive to the rider. And does what the rider tells him or her to do. So if we submit to God, we, uh, we do what... Um, we, we do what God tells us to do. So, what do we get in return if we actually do what God asks us to do? He says, you would inherit the earth. Many would not get what God has, uh, has for them because they were never meek enough. God has so much that He's willing to offer you. God has so much that He's willing to bless you with but we're not in the place that he needs us to be we're not submissive enough when god says go right we stop when god says go we go uh, then we go backwards we don't want to do what god says to do and so we are not in the place to get what god has for us so the next one is blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be Satisfied, Jesus is describing to us how to have the right spiritual appetite. You know, as I'm talking to you, I haven't eaten anything in a, in a few hours, and so I didn't, I didn't get to the weight that I am by eating salads and so or missing meals. Maybe I should, but it, eating the wrong stuff can get you where you don't want to be and so eating right you know having a and right appetite will get you to the health that you need to be and get you uh, get you physically healthy um there are too many of god's people who are spiritually starving and malnourished so the question might be what are what are we supposed to be hungry for Our soul is starving for what pleases God. If you are saved, then you should have a hungry soul to please God. In Psalms 42, David wrote, As a deer pants after the water brook, so pants my soul after thee, O God. You know, as I talked to you before about not eating the stuff that I need to eat, my my wife is an amazing cook. Again, I would not be... (laughs) My daughter does not agree with my weight, so I would not be in that place if my wife didn't cook right. Um, She's an amazing cook. But there are times when she cooks stuff like broccoli. Oh my goodness, I hate broccoli. But I would rather, in uh, in fact, eat some fried chicken. I'm from the South. Uh, For those who, who are in the North and you don't like fried foods, I'll pray for you. Um, but, but I love fried, um, uh, fried chicken. Um, I grew up on fried chicken. Matter of fact, um, my mom, when she would be cooking, she used to say, would you like chicken? If you don't want that, we have chicken. And if you don't want that, we got chicken. And the last option I can give you <laughs> is chicken. Cause that's all we had. I mean, because I grew up, you know, not having a whole lot. So um, So I grew up liking fried, loving fried chicken. But that doesn't mean that the fried chicken is actually healthy for me. See, I know what I have to eat in order to be healthy. But that doesn't mean that that's what I like to do. But when my wife cooks a healthy meal then I know in order to do what is right for me, for me to get back to my healthy state, I have to sometimes eat what I don't want to eat, but I know I have to. See, um, that's that's why we have to be hungry for God. There's times where God's going to ask us to do stuff, but that doesn't mean that we want to do it. But in order to get a healthy spiritual soul and a healthy relationship with God we have to be hungry for what he want for him and everything that he wants us to do see like let me break it down another way when you go to a restaurant you get a menu the waiter or waitress comes to you to see what uh, to see what you want based upon the menu You may even ask uh, him or her about the item on the menu. And they may describe this uh, this item so well that you're actually dripping uh, and salivating and dripping and drooling over this item, whatever it may be. So that doesn't mean that you get up and you leave and talk about how great the item was. Because you did not die, uh, ingest it. You did not put it in your mouth. It did, not, uh, it, it did not take care of the appetite that you have. See, you have to partake of the meal to satisfy your hunger. So many Christians come to uh, the restaurant, the church, and listen to the preacher talk about the menu, which is the Bible. And still, they just leave as empty as they came. God wants us to take on um, the taste of what He has for you. Matter of fact, Psalms 34 and 8 says, Taste and see what uh that the Lord is good. You have to experience this thing for yourself. Jesus said, If you would be hungry and thirsty for me, then you would be satisfied. It did not it, it does not mean that you will be uh still leaving and hungry for more. You know, you would, uh, you would actually be satisfied. You know, you would actually be, be uh, filled. You would be, you know, you won't leave still wanting more if you go to Him. You know, it's just like going to a restaurant and just tasting the mint that they give you and leaving and talk about how hungry you are. You went to the place where you can be filled and you can be satisfied with your hunger but you chose not to partake and you leave just as hungry as you were before. So today if you are that kind of person you're saying Tim I I do go to church but I do leave hungry and I do leave where I want more but the preacher isn't giving more. Well, this is a spiritual walk that you have to walk yourself. This isn't something that, like my pastor, Pastor Ronnie from Smithfield Pentecostal Church, um, there's a shameless plug there. Um, you know, he actually, he actually, you know, breaks down the word and you leave, and you know, either comforted When you feel like that you're hurt, you leave um, corrected when there's correction need to be done. You leave satisfied when there's hunger. And it's not Him personally, but it's the Word of God. But you have to come with a willingness to partake of what He has for you. Alright, so moving on. Blessed are the merciful... For they shall receive mercy. So, what is mercy? Mercy is not giving you what you do deserve. See, we grace is giving you what you don't deserve. Mercy is giving you, or grace is giving you, um, what you um, what you don't deserve. Mercy is not giving you what you do deserve. See, we. We don't deserve forgiveness because of sin. Mercy is given. So God has mercy on us and He forgives us of our sins. So, we are all going on to have a day where we are going to need the mercy of God. Asking God to hold back what you do deserve. See, there's going to be a day that... Maybe we've done something and we need God to forgive us. We're begging God, please God, forgive me for what I've done. But see, God, according to this, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So God's going to look and see how much mercy have you given. God's going to see, you know, look back at your records. Did he or she give mercy when mercy was needed to be given? And if you have not been given the mercy that you have uh, that it was needed to be given, see God's going to give you opportunities. He may even set up opportunities on purpose, that way you can give mercy that way you can receive the mercy. And whenever you give, uh, you give the mercy and you are, and God sees that on your records that you gave mercy or mercy, uh, should uh, or need it to be given, he said. Then I would give you mercy. But see, okay, if you if you're not still not following me on that, maybe you, you might say I disagree with you. Well, there was a parable that Jesus spoke. Jesus said that there was this um, there was this man. The king came to him and told him that basically you need to give me what you owe me. And the man said. I I don't have it. Have mercy on me. And see, the king scene, where he was really sorrowful. So the king said, you know something? I'm going to have mercy on you. And I'm going to forgive you of your complete debt. Don't worry about it. But see, this same man that begged for mercy went to someone else that owed him. And he went to them and said, give me what you owe me. And this man uh, and the other person said, "I don't have it now, but give me some time, and I'll give you complete your complete uh, thing I owe you." But this man had no mercy, and so he actually had this man thrown in prison because he uh, he didn't take mercy as a payment. See, the servants that was around this man went to the king told the king all that was going on. So the king called this on uh, the first man back and said that when you asked me for mercy, I gave you mercy. But then you did not give no one else mercy that begged of you. So he threw him in prison as well. See, we have to give mercy because we are in need of mercy. I know I'm in need of it. I need mercy every single day that, I can, that mercy is able to be given. But if I don't give it, mercy will not be given to me. Alright, so moving on. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. A pure heart means internal, pure, uh, internal purity, <laughs> unmixed, no defect. Our souls must be authentic on the inside and be real. And he says that we shall, if we have a pure heart, we shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. If you notice, Jesus didn't say peacekeepers. He said peacemakers. 1 Corinthians 14.33 for God is not the Arthur of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. So, peace is a characteristic of God. So, when you will be called the children of God, because you look and you act like your daddy. See, we have to keep the peace, but also when peace is not there to be kept, we have to create it. That's why it's called peace. Makers. And so they shall be called the children of God. If you keep the peace, you're doing a good thing, but you're not creating that peace. You might be... Now, there are sometimes we have to keep that peace. And it's hard. But we also have to create it. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Persecuted means to be treated in an evil manner. Why would you uh, Why would you be treated uh, in an evil manner? You may ask. Because these qualities that Jesus is talking about—being a peacemaker, showing meekness, having a pure heart, being hungry and thirsty after Him, mourning over um, the sins, being poor in spirit—you know these qualities that on um, that. People or that Jesus is talking about. Not everybody's going to like those qualities. Not everybody is going to like them when you do them. So they would treat you with evil intentions. That is uh, being persecuted. Even until sometimes, the point of death. See, the disciples was willing to give up their lives, even though they were being. Persecuted. Why were they being persecuted? Because they they strive to have all these characteristics in their in their life. But Jesus says, if you would do that, then you would uh, you would be, uh, the, uh, have the kingdom of heaven. So right there, there's ten uh, there's ten be I'm so glad again that you tune in. So if you have any questions or if you have any things you want to add i would love for you to uh, to chime in and i if you can reach me at and i have it into the um into the uh oh my goodness the um description notes it's welch w e l c h tim t i m nine three at gmail.com you can email me and let me know what you think, and let me know that some some things that you may um you may want, want to add or you know that some because I don't I don't know everything, and so I would love to, uh, to hear what you have to say. So um, I, I just can't wait. So until the next time, shalom, shalom. I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of 316 Unleashed. Please show your support by leaving a review and rating here on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I will give you a personal shout out to you on my next episode. So until then, Shalom, Shalom.